0: So, you know, you got to represent your Chris Dyer sticker. Hi, welcome back to Chris Dyer's Creative Friends. I'm your host, Chris Dyer, your artist friend. And in this show, this beautiful YouTube podcast show, I interview some of my great artist friends and uh, pick at their brain and the creative process. Today, I'm interviewing my good old friend, Auresha who is, uh, you know, lives in Montreal, but we learn a lot about her and her roots. And uh, we've known each other for many years. And uh, she's always working really hard in music. She's one of the most passionate people that I know. And uh, I'm really always inspired to see her fire and going out there, doing her soul expression. And, uh, you know, other than traveling and being an activist and a beautiful person. So how are you doing, Orisha?
1: So so great to be here on your podcast, and thank you so much for what a lovely um, like introduction. Yeah, thank you. no thank problem. You. Thank you, my
0: my pleasure. Thanks for having us over in your lovely uh, studio here in the End of
1: Montreal. I like for this. sure, You're yeah. Close to the mountain, huh? Yeah, I love I love it. That's one of the reasons why I I I'm here because I I can kind of escape into nature a little bit.
0: Yeah, I don't hang Never. out too much in the Mao land, but it is mm. cool. It's just so mega hipster that yeah. it kind of like, I just don't, <laughs> it's not really <laughs> my, my super, my vibe. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. if you have the mountain a couple of blocks away, that's, that's, like
1: that's really cool. why I moved here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just, and know. all the little cute stores that are PA and all that stuff. Yeah. Right.
0: Well, yeah. you know, we're in the city, so any chance for nature is always uh, appreciated. Mm. So let's start at the beginning how we met because I feel like how we met was like very synchronistic (laughs) and beautiful yeah do you want to tell her should I tell it like do you remember
1: well okay I'll tell my side and you can yeah so I went tree planting for the first time it was my very first time tree planting I had no idea what to expect I heard stories and so I arrive on site and it was really like a lot more hardcore than I expected but I made friends with um this girl Carol really right away and we had our tents next to each other and then one day, I wake up, and then there's Chris Dyer, and uh, yeah, he was like super good vibes. We connected right away, pretty much, yeah, and like you were doing your art, and I was doing my music, and we kind of like had this... Remember where it was? It was in Manitoba. Manitoba? Swan River. Okay, wow. Swan, Swan River, yeah, because it, it was my first contract, so... I got there kind of late, you you, know? that you were late, that's yeah, why, it yeah. it was my
0: third season of tree planting, and Car- Car- Caroline, my girlfriend at the time, this beautiful dreadlock lady... Uh, went first because I had to finish. I think I had to graduate or something and okay. then just go straight there So I yeah. got there like a day late and when I got there she was already hanging out with you So yeah, yeah. we were a little crew once we arrived. That's I think it. you got fired or like Did
1: I get fired? You uh... left
0: before we, we went to the next contract and the bosses were like,
1: oh, they let me go. Yeah Yeah, I didn't make the cut for the second That's okay. I was over it. I was really over it by the end of it. But I actually went to another company, Mm -hmm. and uh, I felt like it was a bit better. Right. It was like VC. What was the company? Was
0: it Coast Range? No.
1: Oh, the one that we were with was Coast Range. Okay. Yeah. Not a. Not the best. It's kind of
0: corporate, Mm -hmm. but you know, it's tree planting. Tree planting. Slave
1: labor, man. Like slave labor.
0: Well, tree planting has a good (laughs) uh, intention, and when you think like, oh, they're planting trees, but it also has negative aspects, right?
1: Yeah. That's why I I wanted to do it. I really wanted to give back to the environment, and I don't know. I have some views about it now, but that I learned, like, after being in a little bit of the forest industry, and then I did some firefighting and stuff like that too. But, oh yeah, how yeah. was
0: firefighting?
1: Oh my gosh, that was hardcore forest firefighting. It was when there were crazy fires in uh, BC, and they were calling all sorts of people to like help with the front lines, and so I decided, okay, yeah, let's do it. And I just did my tree planting season, and uh, it was it was intense. Like, um, were you in danger? There was one day when, when, like the like we were kind of trying to save this mountain, and it was about the fire was already a bit more than halfway going up because fires travel up, and so we would drive around, and then we would get to the parts where the green was, and like the the fire was kind of climbing, and we would like wet it down, we would like water it down, and there'd be like Pulaskis, and there would be like tree fallers, well first tree assessors, tree fallers, and then like the people that move the trees, and then by the time you get to it, sometimes we waited a long time. So it was a lot, a lot more bureaucratic. But um, so, what
0: are you doing? Just like pouring water so on trees well, or Well, we or?
1: had no, we had like tanks, like hoses, um, and then someone would have a pulaski, and we would like dig the ground because a lot of it was like coming from the roots and stuff, and like fire travels underneath. So, Whoa. mostly that's how fire travels is underneath. Through the roots of yeah, trees. or through wind, it candles trees to trees. So like one day it was super windy and. We were like fighting like the fire like and he was the wind was blowing it and then like literally we're all the front lines and the fire jumped from one side of us to the other side of the road and that's when we had to evacuate and it was really scary because it's hot like in helicopter styles no we drove but uh it was i I remember being like a bit worried but that's an exciting it was exciting yeah yeah yeah. i I wish i would have done i won't do it again it was a bit hard on the lungs like honestly i think I i felt like i smoked like 20 packs of cigarettes a day it was the worst thing ever for my lungs but even with the mask and all that stuff but yeah it was a very interesting experience and uh, I'm glad I got to experience it and be part of it yeah yeah. that's awesome yeah yeah
0: so back to when we met okay yeah so we went tree planting you moved on and then I went hitchhiking and I get back to Montreal and all of a sudden when I get back to Montreal you were friends with all my friends and (laughs) I'm like what the fuck? You know, like she, you were working at Gele, this uh, oh, head yeah. shop on, yeah, yeah. on Louvre Street. Yes. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. you were friends with my roommates and all the friends. And I was like, so how does Aurecia, who is from Edmonton, you know, all the time sudden I live in Montreal and not only she's in Montreal, but she's actually friends with all my friends. Like, is this synchronicity or is she like creeping on me uh, and, like, <laughs> and like trying to become my friends through the back the end of it? just yeah, it was just, just, right?
1: just syn synchro- yeah. I really honestly didn't even think about it I was just i I felt like yeah like there was just this connection with the artist music scene and mm-hmm. our crew eco crew kind of I know, think we're vibes. probably
0: just from the same uh group of souls tri-
1: same tribe yeah. Yeah. yeah and then
0: we were just meant to be friends
1: I know right that was and, so cool. yeah
0: we were friends ever since yeah.
1: um uh, we lived together for a moment you, you you, we lived together? Remember the shed in the backyard? Well, you back? were squatting on my place. No, That's I paid... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I paid some money for that yeah? that, that, that okay. room there. I had the there room. There were just so many people that summer. Just there a- was a lot of squatters. Yeah. I remember, yeah. It was, yeah,
0: a, yeah, a summer. And I'm not going to put uh, uh, years there report. was no
1: there was no heater there so like i had to move out by october mm-hmm. yeah. it was by the <laughs>
0: park and we were like a hippie house and everybody was welcome to crash whenever yeah. they wanted. i was doing art i didn't care more people more fun that was like <laughs> oh old God. school hippie vibes oh we got kicked out of that apartment so <laughs> yeah that was very uh my i just remember mom. having
1: coffee in the park like just going across the street and just bringing the coffee Park La Fontaine because we were
0: right across the street, so that was nice. Yeah, no, well, whenever you're around Park La Fontaine, it's beautiful. So another synchronicity that I have with you is that on my first ayahuasca ceremony Uh in the jungle of Peru, I was with Herbert, my shaman, and he's introducing me to ayahuasca. And one of the, uh, there was only two other people in that ceremony. It was a very small ceremony. It was like me and uh, my ex-wife, uh Valerie who was not drinking because she's too sensitive and then two other girls one girl from Mm -hmm. LA one girl from Argentina Mm -hmm. the one from Argentina was like deep in the state she was like having orgasms with some disembodied entities and channeling the medicine like ayahuasca was talking to me through her like addressing me being like hey Chris don't worry you will get these paintings done don't stress out like like, I was like holy shit like how is ayahuasca talking to me through this random woman but at the end of that ceremony we realized that she knew you and you know, that she'd already hanged out with you in Colombia or something. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, wow. <laughs> you know, Orisha knows everybody, no, you know. I'm in the middle of the like jungle, you, of Peru yeah. and you know, she, she knows the <laughs> That is people
1: that and... is pretty pretty epic, pretty cute, yeah. yeah. She's sweet. She's really sweet. I mean, what was her name? I forgot her name now. Uh, it's been like it was two thousand twelve, right? I have her in my yeah.
0: 2013. Yeah. Two thousand thirteen. Yeah.
1: But, yeah sweet oh,
0: girl very beautiful I'm so bad with names. and yeah. uh, you know very uh she was nice. a great
1: singer too she was yeah. we were jamming and stuff yeah she was a
0: totally cool Herbert always likes to have all these uh, <clears throat> beautiful uh, female singers She
1: invited me out there when I was huh? in Peru like uh, when cool? I did my world tour in 2012 actually okay. we were grew- talking I was like oh maybe and then I never made it. I didn't have time to like he loves collaborating go. with other musicians mm-hmm. and
0: he's got his studio in his home so he's mm-hmm. got like this giant mixer board of, wow
1: there. yeah yeah he was showing me some of his music
0: I will, I will be I'll be interviewing him when I go to Peru at the end of the month nice and uh, yeah I can't wait to see Beautiful. him I haven't seen him since last year so let's get into the to the music yeah you're a, you're a musician right
1: yeah that's my passion my calling in life I think yeah tell me a little yeah. bit about
0: it when did you start Oof. what's it all about
1: well, I've always loved singing, like, I've always been into music and it's, like, I think even my dad told me, like, if my dad sings and my mom plays piano and my dad plays accordion too, um, he would always sing around the house and uh, I would, like, start humming as, a, like, a baby or toddler and then, like, when I was three, like, they told me that I was, like, singing songs and they would have, like, dinner parties with their friends and, like, um, they would ask me, they would, like, have a few drinks and be like, oh, we would get me to sing, you know, so... I really enjoyed it at a young age, and like as I grew up, I realized I had a gift, because um, I was called to sing like leads in school, from like kindergarten to church stuff, um, and then I was in choir for many years, like, well, from 7 till 13, I was in choir, or 6 to 13, so I was in two different choirs. One. And this e- is all in,
0: in Alberta? This is all in
1: Alberta, yeah. I grew up in Edmonton. Um, So I was in like the little Colombian choir, and then I was in a Ukrainian choir after. So I kind of grew up with both cultures, but I grew up in a lot of Ukrainian music. Like growing up, I didn't really know English music. Mm -hmm. A lot of like accordion, kind of festive, like a lot of harmonies and stuff like that. So I think it's influenced my music. And then when I was 16, I got my, I took piano for many years too. Growing up, my parents put me in classical piano training. So I did that. And then when I was 16, I really um, fell in love with the guitar. I got my first guitar and I started like writing like, that's when I really started writing like crazy. Mm-hmm. So I really fell in love. I started practicing like I don't know, maybe up to ten hours a day. Sometimes that's that maybe that was a little extreme, but like a couple times maybe. And then, and then I ended up traveling with my guitar and just like playing, you know, for tips and um, started writing. And then I uh, traveled. Then I met Chris, tree planting, and I uh, moved to Montreal. I fell in love with Montreal, and I decided I'm gonna move here. And I actually never left. So definitely home and I love it. I love it here. I love the culture. I love the music scene too. Nice.
0: What do you you like about Montreal? Why make it a home Ah. and not move somewhere else?
1: You know what? I didn't plan on staying here. I was just like, I wanted, I just, when I first got here and I was traveling, I actually hitchhiked across Canada and I, I came to Montreal, and I was just, like, mind-blown. Like, it was no other place in Canada like it. I didn't know. I didn't know that it was so... The best-kept
0: secret. Irie, and
1: people are so nice, and they're so fun and just irie. And I just felt, like, so at home here. More than... Even though I didn't speak that much French, people, I just felt, like, really comfortable here. And I never really felt great living in Alberta. I always wanted to kind of leave. and never really felt, like... It was my place. So I didn't really belong there. So when well, it's I came like to,
0: It's like the corporate uh, it's province. It's very
1: conservative okay. and it doesn't allow for a lot of eccentricity. And I'm, I'm a pretty eccentric person. Not here. Here I'm like totally normal. But yeah. there, like <laughs> I was like really eccentric. And uh, yeah, so I came here and I fell in, I just fell in love with it. I met some beautiful people. And I said, man, I'm going to come back here. So I, I moved here like a year later. And I didn't plan on staying, but I just love it. I love as, as As I stayed here, I just met a lot of people like friends like family like you and um the culture i just feel like it's it's always exciting there's always like new things happening and um music shows art just collaboration good vibes in the park there's always like
0: still cheap cheap enough for you
1: yeah and it's like good affordable rent and uh good you know where the good food spots are and yeah it doesn't break your budget i love
0: montreal too i love asking that question so far like uh, all my first guests are here in montreal yeah and i love my city so i always like to see why you're from here
1: you're from here yeah
0: well i'm from peru you know but But... i've lived here like 20 years yeah yeah, i consider myself a montrealer you went to
1: school here though like in
0: uh yeah i went to my third school like dawson but before that i was in ottawa oh yeah okay yeah for like four years i was in ottawa yeah and before that i was in peru Right, but I love Montreal. So I always like to see why other people like fell in love with Montreal and, and decided to stay uh-huh. and make it a base. Yeah. But let's let's get back to the music. So when oh, yeah. so, so when did you start like say making it a, as a career and decided yeah. like I'm gonna make an album and what what, what was well, all, all that about?
1: Yeah, it's always been in the back of my mind. I think to do an album since I started playing guitar and writing, I was like, oh, I want to make an album. It's my dream. And then after moving here, I kind of moved here. My for school at first and I wanted to do the jazz program, but I didn't get in and then I was like really bummed and then I was like, oh man, when... but then it turned into a blessing because then I was like, oh, now I have time to do my album. So I, that's when I really started immersing in my album.
0: Your first self-titled? My
1: first self-titled album. I think mm-hmm. it's right there. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I began writing process. Um, I collaborated with David Lyons, who's an amazing multi-instrumentalist and producer. And he helped me a lot. Like, it was a huge learning curve to do this first album. So, we co-produced it together. And, um, and it was
0: fully reggae, right?
1: It's full reggae. Yeah, 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 yeah. totally. I yeah, I fell in love with reggae, like, in my reggae? 18s. I just started writing in reggae. I don't know. I just like, I fell in love with it. Um, Actually, well, I don't know if you you don't know the story. I was in California. I was actually uh, hitchhiking and I stumbled upon this reggae on the river festival. And some guy was walking out and I was just like at the gas station with the ride and they were like, "Ah, I can't go. He was like too messed up or something. And he's like, who wants my ticket? Who wants my ticket? And I was like, um, me? And then he's like, yeah, yeah, take it. He's like, I'm out. I'm out.
0: And so I you like, went to Reggae on I the River. I had three-day
1: like, free pass to Reggae on the River. Sick. And I didn't really know Reggae. It's like the biggest
0: California yeah, it was, festival. And there right? was so
1: many beautiful artists. Like I didn't really know Reggae, mm-hmm. apart from like Bob Marley, Peter Tosh, Marcia, a few songs. But like I re- I loved it, but I never like loved Reggae. And mm-hmm. then it just that festival really transformed me, honestly. What year was it? What year? Uh, yeah. I can't remember. No, oh, yeah.
0: Because okay, cool. yeah. I, I used ago. to go to Reggae on the River.
1: It was a while ago.
0: 2000 and five i think oh, okay. was the first time i went to a yeah. river and i would also go to sierra nevada yeah and like because i was working for nevada. satori movement right which was like a skateboard brand that was very reggae dreadlock yeah. vegan style so they would always have a booth there and they would take me to be like their
2: yeah
0: artist or whatever so that's how i kind of like got in the scene the california scene but then later i got into the visionary art scene because they were also hanging out there before the visionary art scene was even fleshed out mm. So uh, I, you know, so we got similar roots that, you know, that those reggae festivals. It might have been probably probably the same
1: time, around the same time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, then I like just, it kind of transformed my soul. Honestly, I started writing in reggae more. It just really touched me deeply, like There's a very positive vibe. And the more I got, listened to reggae after, the more I got into it, the more I loved it. So, yeah, that was one of the turning points for me to like, because I was writing more a bit, more folk blues soul before and then after that it. I wanted to do reggae albums, so yeah.
0: yeah. Have you ever been to Jamaica?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have
0: you recorded there?
1: I have. Um, I recorded a couple tracks there. Um, yeah, it's it was really inspiring to be there as well. I was there um, three times actually, three okay. times. Yeah. Over did the you years. record for
0: any of your albums there?
1: Um, I'm trying to think. Did I? I don't I think I have the. Rec- I did a recording, but I didn't actually it i re- redid it because it was uh, a bit rushed and it was writing at the same time so mm-hmm. i polished it up later and redid it but mm-hmm. um yeah i did um a lot of uh, recording and songs that i wrote were some of them were from jamaica as well so nice yeah, how yeah.
0: you feel about like you know reggae sometimes seems to be a very culturally tied kind of music and it's mm-hmm. opening up o- of course you know same with mm. rastafarianism seems to be very much about like the black race and the Caribbean African culture, Mm -hmm. but you're like, you know, a Canadian white woman. How does that relationship, uh, dance?
1: I feel like for me, reggae is like a spiritual heart connection and a heart connection. Like it's, it's about, um, one love. It's about like a universal love and like, uh, it's also revolutionary music. So, I mean, yeah, there's. I think it can. It's very international at the same time as it is. Yeah. Right. It shouldn't from be that limited, culture. and it, it should be it
0: allowed be. to spread the world as the medicine that that it is. Right.
1: Yeah. It should trans trans. Uh, what's it called? Uh, oh my gosh, what's the word? Transcultural. Yeah, it's transcultural. Yeah. yeah cool. Yeah.
0: yeah definitely. Well, I agree too. You know, yeah. as a white dreadlock dude, <laughs> I'm very much like. You well, know, you used to blast reggae. like
1: reggae from your sound system that you would clip on when you were, we were tree planting. He had this big ghetto blaster like. Right. That was hilarious. It was awesome.
0: Yeah, well, reggae the, music the makes reggae us happy. good vibes, It's, it's yeah. so positive, you know. It's like the beat that upbeat,
1: uh, upbeat, uh, upbeat uh, mm-hmm. makes you, you know? want to bounce and kind of eat.
0: And the lyrics, many times, are about like oneness and love Inspiring. and making the world a yeah. better place. Like we need more lyrics that are healing the world. Definitely, you know, because it's, there's so much of the opposite in the mainstream.
1: I know, and music's so powerful. I feel like it's it's important to have like that. And how little reggae really reaches
0: the mainstream. Yeah. And the one that yeah. does is usually the more, like, fire burn, kind of, like, yeah. gangsta kind of yeah, modern dancehall well, like, reggae. Yeah, dark
1: stuff sometimes. Uh, well. well, the music industry is kind of ruled by dark forces, unfortunately, Yeah, kind of realized over the years. Yeah,
0: Yeah, that's unfortunate. But yeah. there's always the alternative music the light. scene. Like, yeah. there's, it seems like all the, the healers... Well, Bob Marley
1: definitely was transcended right well he was
0: at a time where still they didn't shut them down you know Mm -hmm. like 60s 70s even 80s there was still light code medicine coming through the music industry Mm. and then as the uh dark forces if we call them that way ramped up to uh keep our um limitations happening they're just trying to convince us of the negative side of the spectrum and less and less we can see the goodness happening but it doesn't mean that the good music's not out there yeah it's just more underground people gotta look for it and you know here you are and the underground doing your music serving your medicine
1: yeah i'm trying i'm doing my best yeah
0: so you did your first album so
1: yeah i released it um in 2008 and uh yeah it was a big big journey took three years to make also my mom Um, Died in the middle of it, and it was a very intense um, experience, so a lot of the songs are about her. Um, Ja
0: will make it right about her, right?
1: Well, yeah, that one is like about like how, you know, things were gonna get better, you know, Ja will help like find, you'll help you find a way to get through this, you know, because losing your a close one, as as many people know, it's very difficult.
0: You you want to tell us a little bit of that story?
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, um, I was in Montreal, my mother still lived in Alberta, and literally I got a phone call at like four in the morning from my brother, it was very horrible, um, that my mother was killed um, by her ex-boyfriend, so um, luckily they caught him. He's still in jail, actually, oh, wow. to this point. at this point, um, but it was very, very shocking, and
0: was he it was, her boyfriend at the time
1: that that happened? No, or? they. she had broken up with him, but he had tried to get back, and she was like, no, no, and then he just went over, and was like, if I can't have you, no one can have you, and he Whoa, just shot her. just flipped up? Yeah, it was something like that, something Holy like that. shit. So, yeah, it was a very, very traumatic experience for me and my family, and uh, I ended up going home for a while. I didn't know how long, so... And then I, I, I healed through um, music eventually, and I put a few songs about my mom on the album, Um, that job make it right. It's just about anyone going through a hard time knowing that, you know, Jab will make it right through time. You know what? Don't worry. And then there's Echoes of Fall, which is more personal kind of story about my mom, Um, kind of like a dark fall. (laughs) But uh, yeah, and then just like give a little time, another another like you know don't worry your heart will heal and uh mm. so yeah it it's was,
0: medicine music medicine yeah. for yourself first because you're the creator
1: i hope it can help other people of too, course you well know, as so. we
0: resonate uh with the lyrics and intentions and vibration that you're putting out there i'm sure it's helped other people too in their own mm. process maybe not the exact same situation because we all no. got our own challenges and struggles but mm-hmm. uh just the intention of like you know going forward from the Terrible struggles that life gives us. I'm so mm-hmm. sorry that that happened to you.
1: Mm-hmm. I know you were there for me during that time too, yeah.
0: Try my best, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think we should all back each other up in any mm-hmm. way possible. Yep. So that first album was very reggae. I love it. That's my yeah. favorite album. It's got Ja Goddess. It's yeah, got- Ja
1: Goddess is my... My mom was actually listening to Ja Goddess because mm-hmm. I released that as a single before right. I released the album. And my mom... I was told that my mom was blasting it in her car and so, so proud cool. of me yeah. right before she died. So. By the way,
0: people, these songs are all on Spotify, right?
1: Yeah, but you can find them more on Bandcamp and Bandcamp, uh, YouTube and... YouTube, SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Yeah, look
0: for Orisha
1: iTunes. And uh, you know, and
0: also <laughs> of course check her out on, on Instagram. We always put the the, the address at hmm. the beginning of the show. Yeah, definitely. But if you're curious of any of any of these songs and music we're talking <laughs> about, you can find it. You know, it's not important. Aren't you
1: in one of my music videos? Oh no. I thought maybe you were in Dry Goddess but no, no you didn't make the cut. It yeah. was
0: yeah. <laughs> I think, I, I don't know what happened at that time. Maybe it was right after my breakup with Caroline and she was going to be there. and I was oh, like, oh, yeah, you know she what? was in like, it, yeah. So I was like, oh, you know, I'm going <laughs> to duck out on this one. Cool, <laughs> yeah, no worries. Yeah. But um, I always try to go to your shows and, uh, you know, uh, support yeah, you. Yeah, recently right?
1: you were on my Instagram live show, uh, my a- album release uh, that I just released Right. two days ago or totally yeah
0: we'll get to your to your yeah, new yeah. album okay but okay before that i wanted you to tell me so your first one was reggae roots reggae like really roots, roots reggae yeah, yeah. and then the next two were a little bit more latino
2: styles right um
1: there's yeah a slightly like edge the second one rise there is um more world pop i'd say there's like there's every song is different and every song was done with a different producer there's some that are a bit reggae some that are a bit. Pop, reggae, some of that are bits. So, there's one pure salsa, mm-hmm. called, and one in Spanish. My first song called "Quiero Bailar Solita,"
0: which I helped you translate. Oh, you did! <laughs> yeah. Yes, you
1: did. Yeah, you you helped me fine tune all those lyrics and the couple gave me a couple cool suggestions in yeah. the song. Qué pasó, no Cabron, cabron, yeah. yeah. Cabron yeah. <laughs> was my contribution on that song. Qué pasó, cabron. <laughs> oh my God, he's like, don't say amor. He's like oh my god it's a, like a little love uh it's about this couple that's um you know together quiero bailar contigo I want to dance with you and then by the end of the song it's like quiero bailar solita so
0: I want to dance alone because yeah. the guy was being unfaithful
1: basically yeah basically yeah, yeah. like lying and unfaithful like typical yeah story and, typical and the story next
0: one is raíces which is spanish
1: that one yeah the name is spanish I called it that because I went to Cuba Havana to record so it was really mm-hmm. beautiful and I there's some reggae songs. There's uh, on my way. is very reggae. It's very like roots, like almost um vibes. Um, everything is this album is with one of my favorites to do because it's all with acoustic instruments. a lot of really intricate percussion, like so many different types of yeah, drums and percussion. You did and entirely in Cuba. And I did an upright bass. Yeah, um, ninety for ninety percent of it. Um, I recorded a bit of uh, djembe here in Montreal on on the road again and uh, trombone, I added a trombone, but most of it was done in Havana, and then it was mixed and mastered here in Canada, but nice. I really love that album, it's probably one of my favorites now too.
0: Cool, yeah. was it fun? Like how long did you stay in Cuba for that Oh, one? it
1: was amazing, I was there for two months, but it was kind of rushed, because I was still working on the songs and the arrangement, but it was so fun, because the people in Cuba are so musical, and they just had so, so many ideas, and like like literally like 18 year olds would be playing with me, and they're like prodigies, and like, I'm like, wow, I'm so blessed to be able to do this here. And it's just such good vibes and good culture. It was, it was really cool.
0: And you love that whole Latino culture. You salsa mm. dance, right?
1: Yeah, I love, I'm a really, That's like my second passion in life, like acrobatic salsa. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm looking Acro- for an acrobatic salsa partner in COVID times.
0: So <laughs> acrobatic salsa, that's what does it mean? You gotta <laughs> jump level. from building to building or... <laughs>
1: whoa that's another level but uh no just like you know like incorporate a little bit of acrobatics some flips some like just fancy like kind of fun like moves spins where you and spins but like also like flipping around and like you know just kind of uh i don't know i i, I learned a bit in um in cali in colombia they do acrobatic salsa and i just fell in love with it so i took a few private lessons there and i was like and I've always been into kind of acrobatics in general. Like, mm-hmm. I never was amazing at it, but I, I always loved it, so. Mm-hmm. And then salsa music just really speaks to me.
0: You've been through Latin America, or you said, like, Colombia, yeah. Cuba. Where else have you traveled? In I did
1: America? a, like, I did that world tour in, well, it was, like, my South American tour in 2012. I was in Peru, Colombia, Ecuador, Bolivia, Chile, Argentina, and Brazil.
2: Beautiful.
1: So it was amazing. It was one of my and most amazing experiences ever. Crazy. Yeah.
0: How is like touring? And this is all like something that you were working with like a manager or did you all just make it happen yourself?
1: Um, A little bit of both, but honestly, I did most of it on my own. You Uh, just manifested
0: like your tour and you went and you...
1: People were receptive there more than like in Canada. I've done my, book my own cross Canada tours and tough man it takes a lot of work and it's so much so spread out the driving and like the pay is not amazing so you don't really make anything but like south america was really receptive and like there was just i think a lot of people love music there more and like reggae and stuff like that speaks to them too right yeah.
0: plus the fact that you're from canada is a little bit more special to it's exotic them for them yeah it's yeah. like oh a canadian reggae artist let's see yeah. what she's got well in canada there's like uh, she's from our country. Like they, they, they never. Yeah. You never really get so appreciated in your own land, yeah. unfortunately. I
1: know, right. And then
0: recently, I think even this year, you were in Mexico, no?
1: I, I was in Mexico, um,
0: in working on music Can- and Tulum and area,
1: I think. Tulum, yeah, the, river, the beautiful Tulum, magical. So yeah, I was just working on music there. I was playing a few shows on beach clubs and restaurants, and
0: because um, it's pretty wealthy out there, huh? so you could find some gigs, and hmm. even get paid, maybe like where? yeah, yeah,
1: definitely it paid for my trip there. Like to be there, it was amazing. I feel so blessed to. It was really like amazing, and then I came home early because of COVID, but because all the shows got canceled anyway. You so.
0: hit me up when I was in Peru, I know, and I, I got like, stu- so I had just Got stuck that week in Peru, and and you were like.
1: Should, yeah, I Chris, what's should, up? I should, should I stay or should I go?
0: Should I stay? And Mexico's like, dude, like whatever you do, do it now because you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Like if you want to like, you know, spend spring and summer in mm-hmm. Canada, buy a ticket and leave like today. Yeah. If yeah. not, you'll be like me where I'm going to stuck here for yeah, months. Yeah. Uh, or you could have just been stuck in Tulum for months, and that would have been kind of nice and chill, being at the beach. You know? On it,
1: either way, it would have been okay. But I did. It was difficult decision because I think it was one of the most difficult decisions I had to make because it was so sudden. And, like, all the borders are closing, and so fuck much fuck pressure, and my whole family was, like, freaking out, and everyone's like, you have to come home. But I didn't want to be in that fear, making my decision. Right. So, it really was hard. I had to really, like, take the time to meditate. and We really didn't like, know how hard the is, virus was going to yeah, be, either, like and like, go what with what my intuition. Or,
0: like, if there would be, like, proper hospitals to help us. Or. Yeah,
1: we didn't know. Like, it was all, like, blown up then, and, like, mm-hmm. mysterious, and, yeah, so...
0: So do you think it was a good decision to come back home? Yeah,
1: and I literally, I followed my intuition in the end. It was like, people, I kept changing my mind every day. I went from like, flip-flop. And then finally, I just went with my intuition. And I was, sometimes my intuition would change, but then in the end, it was like, go. So I just went, and I'm glad I came back, Mm because Montreal's amazing in the summer. Yeah. And, uh... I kind of missed. I like my house. I like my home. I like I was working on music. I I got to pre- play a little bit of bandura. Practice a little bit of this because I didn't take this with me traveling. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, just focus on creation and getting better at certain instruments and stuff. And
0: music. do you think you'll go back to Mexico this winter or somewhere else? Like, do you think you'll travel this winter I would despite like to. the situation of the world?
1: You know what? I'm not holding my breath, but I I might I would like to go back to somewhere tropical. I might go to Portugal this time, I have actually a family member from it's like a distant cousin that I've never met that has been inviting me forever. And he has like, he lives on the beach touristy area. And he says, it's not as many tourists, but he's like, you can stay with me and uh, I can help you book some shows.
2: Nice.
1: So I'm thinking about that. Or I might go back to to Tulum. I really love it there. It's special. It's beautiful. And Mm -hmm. And
0: Mexico's a little bit more chill about the the whole border and the whole COVID situation,
1: right? Yeah. So we'll see. But I also am prepared to stay here if things get really crazy and just focus on working on music, maybe record some new things, you know, so,
2: mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Well, I hope what you find I mean? your best flow for all of that.
1: Thank you, yeah. So,
0: continuing through your yeah, so many... different albums, <laughs> you guys, I find it very interesting that you started, like, you know, reggae and then you go into more, like, you know, salsa Latino flavors, but uh-huh. now your last album uh-huh. is totally different.
1: It's back to reggae.
0: Back to reggae, but, like, Ukrainian mode, right?
1: Yeah, but it's, it's, it's literally, like, the drums and bass, like, Sly and Robbie, like, bass and drums, like, full-on roots reggae, and then... Okay. I added some Ukrainian instrumentation, like um, traditional instruments from Ukraine. This one, Bandura, it's sixty-five string instrument from like the sixth century. Sixth really century?
0: Like this, sixty-five this. strings. Like how do you even learn how to play that? It's, it's crazy. It's very, very
1: challenging, but it's so beautiful. I fell in love with it. So that's why I, I smuggled one back, kind of like snuck it back anyway. It's from Ukraine back here. And then um, I also have this this mallet instrument. It's called Symbolum, it's like Dulcimer that you so um My friend Igor Brukal played on that. And so they're both on the album. And so there's like, they're kind of playing the lead and like the bubble that the keyboards would play normally. Mm -hmm. So it's incorporated into a reggae style. So, but that's, yeah. So I went back to my root. My roots are Ukrainian and I reconnected with some of my family for the first time. So you
0: went to the Ukraine?
1: Actually, the, the distant cousin of mine in Portugal, he's the one that found us and told us our family's name from my mother's side. This is my mother's side. And I... Literally met my family, ancestral family, for the first time wow. by accident. We were just going to, my brother and cousin and I were looking for our great-grandfather's grave in this town that we knew that he was born and grew up in. And then we met some strangers and they were like, oh yeah, we know that name. We have, we, they're here, yeah, yeah, we'll call them. Wow. So they called them and then we're like, okay. And then they're like, yeah, they're coming. And we're what? like, uh, okay. So what
0: were they, like uncles, cousins? Like
1: Honestly, I don't know exactly, but the distant cousins, distant yeah. cousins. But, um... It was insane because like they looked like the the lady that like my cousin she looked like my mom a little bit I was wow. like wow and I was just kind of mouth dropped and they were like so happy and then we talked a little bit they didn't speak any English yeah do you um, speak Ukrainian yeah I did it enough to get or, you know I can speak I can speak enough and then um, they were like do you want to meet the whole family so we went back to their house and like. The kind of mother of the our cousin, the grand, kind of grandmother. Later, she was so just beaming, so full of joy, and like they had the table full of food, and we were singing wow. songs and showing photographs, and just
0: how is Ukraine?
1: Ukraine, um, it's
0: Eastern Europe, right?
1: Yep, yep. Ukraine is. It's
0: where is it around? Like
1: okay, so it's east of Poland. It's right next to the Black Sea. So the Black Sea on the south side is Turkey. On the north side is Ukraine.
2: Okay.
1: And uh, how is Ukraine? I mean, like. The interior in the west is is, is pretty normal, but there's um, definitely unrest and war going on around the borders still. And it's
0: former Soviet Union.
1: Yeah, but it was Ukraine before the right.
0: Soviet Union. Right, <laughs> but they were like under the Soviet yeah. Union for like how yeah, long no, did that no. last?
1: There's hey. a conflict with Russia, you know, at the border again. So it's constantly, it's the, all the turmoil and stuff like that. So. Actually, that's why I wanted to kind of do a reggae Ukrainian album because it spreads some reggae vibes there. There's not that much reggae going on there yet. So,
0: yeah. Right. Yeah. So, you made the album. Like, so, I went back the, there.
1: and Yeah. I went back there and I recorded the bed tracks, um, all the bandura, the simulum. I did my scratch vocals, a couple lead tracks, and... Then I came back here, and then I did some touring, and then I went when I went to Mexico, I went back to Havana to finish re- recording my vocals and just kind of piece it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was very exciting, yeah.
0: That's cool, you went to Havana to do vocals was, for your Ukraine. You know,
1: as well so travel tr- it was and one, have fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was like, it's, it's the same price or cheaper to do it there, and it's so much more fun. And I was already in Mexico, it was an hour flight, it was very oh, affordable, cool. and I just decided, yeah, I'm like, let's do it. So,
0: yeah, I love it how you're so uh, <laughs> such a traveler and international uh, and like trying to mix all these cultures together while you're producing an album. I'm the you. same vibe with my art. Yeah, you know? like yeah. my, my painting will be so much richer if it's the outcome of a whole trip in a new land that taught me some mm. lessons and the painting's kind of like a mini essay for it. As an album, yeah. I imagine would be a little bit of a... Uh, this is my presentation for the investigations in this country I've made. Yeah. But the um tell me about the songs on the album. There's some songs from the other albums that you kinda like yes. revamped but in Ukrainian mode, right?
1: Yep, yeah. So actually, um yeah, from each album there's a couple songs that I re redid in Ukrainian. I got translators to help me translate into poetry and then adding those those two instruments to it. So and then I have a couple other tracks and then a couple uh um, cover songs that are famous in ukraine that i made into reggae versions oh
0: cool so, yeah nice 1st so
1: time doing cover songs on an album so mm-hmm. but it was it was cool
0: you okay. just released it this week yeah so probably it's not even out there quite yet and
1: what's well, out there now yeah, yeah yeah yeah
0: but i mean like oh out I'm, in
1: ukraine and out in playing the ukraine
0: and... and i wonder what's the reaction from ukrainians to yeah. hear their traditional songs done into reggae yeah like, I guess we're not at that stage yet, but maybe by the time this show out, comes yeah. out in yeah. like, you know, a month or two, because this show, you know, uh, you know, takes a while to come out. But, uh, you know, you'll find out, you know, you know, mm. if they loved it, they hated it or they, they, you know, maybe you'll make a big new fan base based in Ukraine. Yeah, that's but the- you've done a lot of Ukrainian festivals, right?
1: Yeah, in, in Canada, I've done a lot. I did the whole circuit last summer, so it was really, really cool, really fun to How do How was that? That was amazing, actually. Yeah. It was very well-received. They thought it was so interesting, Ukrainian reggae. They thought it was really, like, cool.
0: Uh-huh, like, cool. Well, and yeah. that's great. You also yeah. got that niche that also brings you more jobs. It's and. You funny,
1: because I was just doing what, what... This one was more, like, personal album. Like, I just did what caught my heart called me to do. And it's funny. Maybe sometimes those are the best right. like, what things that you can do to, like...
0: When you show it's your um, uniqueness, then you'll find uh, a fan base that is uh, aligned or, you know, reflective of that yeah. particular thing you're putting out there. And I'm sure there's a new generation of Ukrainians that are ready for a new flavor, too, yeah, while definitely. not totally abandoning their culture.
2: True, true.
0: So how's it being in general being a musician? I got a lot of musician mm-hmm. friends and I know that being a musician is a lot harder to make us a career than say a visual artist. Cause mm-hmm. say like uh, us painters can make a painting and you can sell a painting and that can maybe you know cover a month of rent. Mm-hmm. While a musician, like it's hard to sell a song these days or even mm-hmm. a CD, it seems to be like a challenge because people are so used to getting their music for free. Mm-hmm and so you're almost like forced to travel and tour but you almost can't do that till your your albums are sold first it's a complicated equation right yeah 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 Tell you're me right a little you're about right it. you
1: know it um, it's a very difficult industry um, it's actually gotten harder since i started when i first started it was hard but it was you would make your money from touring and you would sell your albums on the tour so you would make back some money i don't think you would make back all of it that we put into an album but um, now it's like over the years like people don't buy albums anymore so people don't even buy your songs on iTunes that much so I really if you want to support an artist, I recommend you buy their go to their Bandcamp camp or their album because if you just even if you just buy one song for a dollar like you're they need like hundreds of plays on Spotify to get that same amount mm-hmm. it's really low and now with covid like now you can't even do shows like you can't yeah, even get paid show, to do a tour. So the music industry, ooh, it's a tough time. A lot of people are taking a break. Um, bookers, record labels, all that is like... And then musicians, um, I, I don't know. I think it's a good time to create right now. But yeah, it's, a, it's not an easy industry. So like, uh, definitely um, don't do it for the money. Yeah. <laughs> that's for sure. But that's something that
0: I really <laughs> love about you, Oresha, because, you know... I don't want to put a label on like success or not success because success is something that we define ourselves by waking up in the morning and doing what you love. That's the definition of success to me. But you know, then we could also be like, oh well, I wanna uh, you know success for me could be like playing this big concert hall or selling a million albums. Different people can like decide what success would means to them or like paying all my bills from there. So these are all relative to the individual and what are their mm. goals. But no matter what you've achieved when the financials are you've always kept on doing it. Mm. You always kept on arranging your tours. You always put down <laughs> the next album. Like no one's gonna turn away the passion of your fire of creation and mm. putting it out there, regardless mm. of the Babylon uh, aspects of trying to sell it and making yeah. money from it.
1: Yeah, um, no, and that's I true. always respect that no, a lot. Thank you, know? you, thank you. Yeah. You see it as uh I don't know, it's it's like a lot of musicians are do- are in the same boat. We just do it. It just we love it so much, and we just it just it feels so good to create and and release and share and share that that music that we we just do it, and then we figure it, we figure out a way. We figure out a way to make it happen, make it work, and
0: the passionate ones because yeah. there's ones that don't continue. Like I I always think of like whatever happened to our friend Mark Jaffe from like Inward. I know he still plays his guitar in his uh, cabin <laughs> and. Yeah. But he used to have a really good band, Inward, that we were all mm. big fans of. And they could have made it huge, as, as huge as any California band, really, if they would have gotten the same opportunities. Yeah, You know, Montreal's not the city, tough. maybe, that gives you the biggest opportunities. You kind of got to go out there and play the game in the bigger cities, Yeah, perhaps.
1: It's a tough game. It's not for everyone. It's, it's yeah. really, really tough. Like, it can be really demoralizing. I almost gave up on music. I did take a break. For the first time, I never thought I would do that. After my third album, ooh, I just like, I put so much money and energy into it. And then I had like so many backstabbing industry kind of really, I didn't really think that everyone, like the industry was that bad. And then it happened to me and it was just like, wow, it just really uh, changed my uh, perspective. It kind of broke me down a little bit because uh, to be honest, as an artist, it was just I took, I just took a break and that's when I did essential oils. I was uh, really into natural health and like herbs. I studied herbal medicine as well earlier and I kind of went back into that for a little bit and then. But then I was like, no, actually, I really miss music. Uh, I start, I played a show and I was like, oh my god, I love this. I miss this, so I I got back into it again. So, mm-hmm. but yeah.
0: Well, I'm happy you did, yeah, you yeah. know, because a few months later, yeah, we gotta do what makes us happy and what's like passionate and creative. Like that's just healthy for us, and it's healthy for me to see my friends following their heart. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that inspires me to keep on going yeah. and, and everybody else and. I'm so, uh, you know, I don't get that bummed out. You work like, so
1: hard, too. Like, a, you work you know, one of the hardest worker, working artists I've, I've met, you know? And thank you. I'm so grateful for your success now and oh, your thanks. continued
0: thank expansion.
1: You. And, yeah, you it's know, great. We,
0: we, we're following our hearts. And yeah. I think if you're really, like, you're passionate and you're doing what you love, then the abundance just kind of, like, falls into place kind of, like, because it just seems to uh, manifest from the universe. But... Yeah. I like how you've kept on pushing, uh, and as I said, like, you know, say, like, somebody like Mark, who I love and who I think is so talented, I get Mm -hmm. a little bit bummed out, it's like, ah, he could have made it, Mm -hmm. but then, like, what does it take? That he had to, like, move cities and not live a chill life in the country like he's doing right now, and maybe sold out his music a little bit to be more commercial and palatable, and, you know, it seems like the artists that really make it big, big, they got to kind of sell their soul. And not just their soul, but they probably got to do some really gnarly, dirty things in order to make it to the top top.
1: It's really weird because mm. I never really believed all of it. I thought like, oh, but there's always artists that... But I'm like, no, I'm really like after this, these years, I don't know, maybe... It is really tough. Like it's really hard not to, yeah, sell your soul and and be at the top. I don't know. Yeah, it's and we difficult. can go as
0: down down that uh, path of selling your soul to the devil, <laughs> and uh you know, metaphorically speaking, and sometimes you're uh, not <laughs> realistic speaking in this uh, crazy world. Oh well,
1: yeah yeah.
0: But let's not go down there. Are out. Yeah, no. It's very nah, depressive. Free Britney. <laughs> um, oh god so i love how you travel we we touched a little bit on on, yeah. on doing like uh your albums in Cuba and yeah. ukraine doing yeah. tours and uh in south america you might go to portugal where yeah. else have you traveled that's inspired you um around the world or that's touched you musically or creatively
1: honestly like i i would I haven't been to asia yet but um Morocco was very trippy. I went there, that's another country I'd like to go back to. Um, I thought the drumming was really, really cool. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to... I would love to go to West Africa. Like Actually, that's, I think, my next big trip on my list when things calm down with this international COVID situation. But yeah, I mm-hmm. would love to go there and do some music.
0: Nice. Yeah. Well, if you go to Portugal, you're not too far I'm away. not too far.
1: Yeah, exactly. I'll yeah, we'll like see you.
0: Yeah. Morocco is just like across. Take the, a little you know,
1: boat over. Yeah, get... yeah sick.
0: <laughs> You'd we'll be see, like yeah. the alchemist. You know, that'd be yeah. so fun. I hope you. I hope you. You go out there and you keep on exploring the world.
1: Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. You too. You've been everywhere. You've been to Russia and.
0: Yeah. Well, over. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's I love travelling and I miss travelling and I hope this year's been the year I've traveled the least in a, a long time. But it's been good too. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love I loved spending a summer in Montreal. Yeah, yeah, And uh just get to focus on my on my projects and you know, not be round like, Chris Dyer, bit. the famous artist, performing no, just, for everybody. Just, yeah. Like, just being me and chill.
1: round ground down, too. And like
0: <laughs> it's funny that in Montreal, the... people don't really even know me that much. So, like, I go out the streets, <laughs> no snowy knows me. So, I'm just like a unknown whatever dude, really? which is very relaxing. Eh, some people know me, but, like, yeah. it's not like, say, like, if I went to Colorado,
2: oh, yeah. everybody
0: knows me there. Okay, almost. Cool, you know, yeah. So, it's a different scenario. And that kind of, like, perspective on me from other people might fuck with me a little bit. Mm-hmm. For good or for bad, I don't know. But, a bit uh, much, yeah. but I like Break. Montreal, that's just kind of the chill. There's, Super chill. There's so many artists that know he's going to be like, oh, he's an artist. It's like, yeah, like every it's other. It's like 95% person. of everyone.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, a,
0: it's a city of artists, it's a city of dreamers. So yeah. we all just kind of like, you know. Good for you. Go and do your art and no big deal.
1: <laughs> right? That's what I love about it, too. It's so chill.
0: Totally. So you're telling me that uh, um, between your third and your fourth album, you were doing some uh, some side hustles and jobs.
1: Okay, yeah. One yeah. was the
0: <laughs> essential oil situation. Yeah,
1: but that was very short. That was more like um, a passion and stuff like that.
0: You didn't like it in the end?
1: Well, I don't want to work for another company. I was working for a company, and I just felt like... It would take up a lot of my time if I wanted to do it seriously. So I just said, no, nah, you know, I'm interested. I still I still buy essential oils often and use them all the time for all my cleaning, my personal stuff. I make my own products and stuff like that. I actually sell um, my own products, Body Temple Oils on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And actually the art, I created the artwork for that. Oh, go ahead. If you want to see it, yeah. Yeah, show um, So I make like, um, like hand body butter, face cream, lip balm, um, like beauty serum for your face, um, sunscreen. And then that's kind of a really side hustle. And then I also um, teach, I, my main thing right now is I'm teaching music. I'm teaching piano, I'm teaching voice, I'm teaching guitar. Mm-hmm. And I'm even teaching ukulele,
0: which... Oh, beautiful. Yeah. I need to learn a new ukulele song. I only got one fucking oh, okay. song. Okay, well, I'll
1: teach you, yeah. Yeah, I got
0: my ukulele at home.
1: Okay, we'll do it.
0: I don't know one. if we can, I guess we don't have time for me to do it before I go to Peru, because you're going to British Columbia tomorrow yeah or, and then i'm going to Peru soon yeah too bad because like i only know don't worry be happy are you bringing
1: your i'm bringing my
0: ukulele but yeah, I need, i'll send you a video yeah and like you like some kind of shamanic song or some, something positive and spiritual send me the
1: song and then i'll i'll show i'll do video i'm
0: going to be in too. the jungle by myself for a minute so at least if i <laughs> can practice my ukulele get yeah. one more song that would be good
1: good fun yeah so yeah i'm doing mostly yeah music i wanted to keep it music so actually i really enjoy teaching it's it's really nice side it's it's great to see people inspired and learning and want to play and creating and
0: keep on spreading the the creativity through other people yeah exactly empower them i love teaching myself that's probably like my favorite thing from all my art jobs Mm -hmm. uh, other than actually making the art Yep. But, like, teaching it to other people yeah, and yeah. empowering them and then exactly. seeing them, like, blossom into their own artistic uh, exactly, entities yeah. is like, whoa, so cool.
1: It's so beautiful. It's so it's so touching. It's just, like, mm-hmm. yeah, it makes me really happy. And, um, yeah, I also make desserts, um, different types of especially desserts. I focus on vegan, gluten-free, um, sometimes sugar-free, depending on your diet, doing different events, sometimes weddings. I even make edibles. So, yeah, just different things, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Beautiful. Thank yeah. you so much for all those services. You're also a little bit of an activist, right?
1: Yeah, I mean.
0: Like, your plight would be 5G, I think, right? Or well, that's what you've been focusing I'm concerned on? With,
1: I'm a bit concerned with 5G, to be honest, yeah. I've okay. done a lot of research, I've listened to a lot of different science and, and seminars and stuff, and
2: yeah.
0: Tell me about it. Because I, I, I know that 5G, mm-hmm. for example, is a wireless internet situation that's almost like a hundred times more strong than 4g yeah so it could be challenging for a nervous system could be challenging for bees and birds and whatnot so it could be observed from a negative point of view
1: that's it exactly that's that's the basis of it um they want to roll it out they're starting to roll out antennas there's the they're ugly
0: too there's these like big ass antennas on top of buildings everywhere yeah. it's like that can't be too healthy for the people living in those, and those there's drugs. also the
1: starlink satellites that are being set up everywhere are a lot of them thousands of them are already up all over the world basically for the the cars that they want to have self-automated cars that's the main reason that 5g is existing but they they're pushing it also Well, that's not, that's what they're saying, that the main reason is, I mean, I don't want to get into like agenda stuff, but um, it's basically they're going to be able to um, see everything like a grid um, with the 5G, but there's, um, they haven't done any tests on it. There's no long-term studies done on it. Long-term studies are are coming out on 3G and 4G right now, and there's Mm. direct links to cancer. Um, You're never supposed to have your phone in your pocket, for instance. Like you're never, you're always supposed to have your phone like a foot away from you at all times, um, mm. so that's with 3G, 4G, so imagine that, plus the 5G, which is like 100 or 1,000 times stronger sometimes, the spectrum, they haven't just haven't done enough testing, so I recommend everyone to kind of do more research, I know there's a lot of censorship going on right now, because unfortunately our rights are kind of being stripped from us, which is very scary, it's something that's very concerning, but... Um, yeah I, I'm not I don't really have faith in the, the 5G. I would like to maybe stay away from that. but
0: can. can we fight it?
1: There's always a way. there's always a way.
0: Can we really stop? Bell and well, Mac and iPhones England, and e- and everybody <laughs> who's saying like five G is coming like the ads are around yeah. us. Yeah, they're preparing
1: us, like, us. They're preparing us. I'm sure it's gonna roll out. Like it's gonna take a revolution to stop it. But, but
0: who's down to go out there and throw rocks you know at US these good, days? You know, well, Please. there's like always gonna, gonna so be some busy. people.
1: There's gonna be some people, but uh, I think it's good to just talk about it and be aware of it. And when people start getting health effects and stuff like that from it, then maybe things will change. Will they
0: listen to, pe- like, experts who are showing evidence that it's an unhealthy thing?
1: They have no... The telecom industry that are doing the funding that are telling us that it's safe, that it's no, not thermal, and that it doesn't um, destroy DNA because it's not like, past a certain point of, like... Um, they actually did zero t- studies on humans, zero testing on, uh, like... People, they just did mm-hmm. a, like a, basically a heat test, a thermal test. Right. So there's no real test. And they admit it. They admit it. Right. Well, when they when they're confronted by it, there's a. It's couple. not that
0: I don't want to fight about it, you know. Like I'll sign the petitions. I'll you know I'll go to protest, But I'm always thinking like, but will they actually hear us? Did they hear us when we're protesting against the Iraq War? Well, Do they hear us about us like saying like, hey, can we like get more signs about this mask? I situation? think so. Power okay. to the
1: people, man. We gotta unite. That's the thing. Right now we're being separated. We're being isolated. Even like we're being divided. Like look at the U. S. Like the election, like people are on both sides and it's like, no, we, that's not, it's not about who is right or who's better. It's about finding a middle ground, finding a common, like humanity theme. We need to bring back the humanity into it, Mm -hmm. into our situation right now.
0: But do you think maybe like, you know, Uh, we could, you know, say we can't stop 5G and 5G just becomes part of our world. The antennas Mm. are up, the satellites are up, the technology is out and we don't (laughs) like it, but they'll be like, sorry, it's here and Mm. you just got to like eat it. And we're going to be like, okay, do you think we can adapt? Do you think the human being will be able to adapt to these vibrations? And not not only adapt, but maybe, and I've heard this in some interviews from my friend Ben Stewart on Gaia TV, who I hope to interview next month because he's going to be in Peru with me. Mm. Um, that it actually like releases more DNT than usual when you're like affected by these things. It actually is releasing mm. DNT in your brain, making you more spiritual, right? Yeah. yeah. So
1: dimensions. the solution is to get to five D, and right. then you can you can evolve from and not be affected by the radiation. I think some people are more sensitive to electromagnetic frequencies than others, so some people will be really affected, and some people are more like or have that kind of elevated, um, energetic... um, Some people are going to suffer yeah I'm worried a bit of some people I don't think I'm that sensitive but yeah. I am sensitive too so we'll see you know But um, and
0: we got our magic crystals to protect us
1: yeah Organite they say is really good for electromagnetic frequency protection there's also going to be curta- there's already curtains you can buy and stuff like that so that you can at least sleep without 5G to protect your bubble mm-hmm. from electro they say you know turn off your phone at night and stuff like that right already. I always
0: put it on airplane mode when I go to sleep because I do yeah. want it by the side of my table so I can see what oh. time yeah alarm and stuff
1: yeah
0: right alarm and such so i don't know like i i i don't like it i don't prefer it Mm -hmm. i don't know if they'll listen to me or anyone who says that we don't want it so i'm just trying to prepare myself okay so how can i make myself into some kind of superhuman that not only could adapt through the new vibrations they're putting out but actually become even more empowered through the new channels of uh, invisible interconnectivity that happening around the planet mm. uh, I, 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 I can't remember who told me this that when this 5g happens it kind of like makes your wanna your body want to detoxify okay but because we don't detoxify so often if, it, if the the toxins might come up and they might get into places of our body that might just make unhealthy uh-huh. that's why I'm always into like my shaman well, that's practices. It. the more
1: metal you have in you the more the 5g 5 um, g will affect you as well right okay. so it's good to detox right now. Right, really right. good. So detox is important, yeah. no matter <laughs> what.
0: But especially in this especially world, now, yeah. you know, let's yeah. like try to get all that junk out of us. Mm. And that's why I'm going to the jungle at the end of this month and just doing dietas and you know, etc. Shamanic practices to
2: yeah
0: liberate us from Helibate. any suffering. And you know? I don't want to suffer. I don't want anyone to suffer. I would like to think that uh, powerful technologies and AI and whatever in the hands of conscious, beautiful, spiritual, mm-hmm. well-intended people could actually be a positive thing for humanity that relieves us from jobs that we might not enjoy and maybe great communication. It could be a positive things if in the hands of positive people uh sadly that's what i'm worried about that's what i'm
2: worried about sadly
0: enough the people like pulling our strings right now (laughs) right the people ruling the game are not as positive as we would like them to be but they're still humans and they're still god and we gotta have some faith that maybe they too will awaken and become good and then we can use these technologies to just live a really chill happy human future so i can't I can't just always just project and vibrate the negative future that could happen just mm-hmm. because these technologies are being set up. Yeah. I have to have faith uh, and yeah. optimism. I do. I have
1: faith too. I, I'm I'm not worried. I'm like concerned, but I'm not worried. I don't play in that energy of worry. It doesn't help anything. Right. So. But it's yeah. good to talk about it. It's definitely good to yeah to talk and about and it. Make, question it. Can we talk a little bit more sure. about this five G? What's it about? Yeah. Can we, let's yeah, do yeah, more yeah, studies.
0: Yeah. Can we like do a little more tests before yeah. you just fucking shut Can I have a say whether
1: or not it's going to be like? on my building or my street like right. we, you know what i mean I stuff know. like that it's important i think yeah
0: yeah i think it's a good issue so thank yeah. you for, so much for uh, doing that yeah. work <laughs> yeah um we're coming to the end of our show okay is there any you know final words of wisdom you'd have for our viewers wow. um, wisdom. <laughs> you know i always like to ask my my viewers you know if they think that art and music can help heal the world um mm. you know on the topic of music and all these beautiful things that you do. What do you like to say to our viewers today?
1: I think like in these times that we're in, I think it's good for you to tap into your artistic and creative kind of zones, whether it's music or art or dance, just something that you can express yourself and kind of like we're in crazy times right now and uh, staying home and we need to like, we need to express and like do what brings a little bit of joy. And I think that the mundaneness of staying at home—we are losing that creativity. So I think it's really important to to kind of dig into that, to like to kind of develop it, even if you haven't touched there. So yeah, mm-hmm. beautiful.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Auresha. Oh, bless you. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Well, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you had a good time. Please make sure to like. Comment, subscribe, yeah. share, <laughs> follow my guests, and yeah, definitely tune in next week. I'll see you next time. Blessings. Bless. Woo. Oh.
2: Oh. 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 oh, oh, oh. oh. oh Aziz yeah, Doma, yeah, on the road again, on the road again, on the road again, feels like home, feels like home. There's nothing like it when the feeling's right, just to make a fire under nighttime sky, there's nothing like it when the Feelings right So take the time to truly unwind it's nothing like it when the feeling's right So make a fire under nighttime sky There's nothing like it when the feeling's right So take the time to truly unwind On the road again On the road again On the road again Feels like home Feels like home yeah, u do rozisnu, u do rozisnu, u do rozisnu, wie yeah, jak u doma. Hacem, she is the Feels like home, feels like home.
0: Next week, my guest will be
1: Barry Walsh. Our spot is not like the illest or the most. It's more like it's, it's got roots and it has real blood
2: history. Mm-hmm. It's not a hype spot because of the hype. It's known because it has decades and decades of, of stories, you right. know? It's a spiritual spot. Like- it's very spiritual, you know, like it's not for everybody, though. Like I said, a lot of people say, oh, it's hard to skate. Da, da, da. Yes, it's hard to skate. That's it's go to any surfer that surfs big waves. Every wave is hard to, to, to ride.
0: That's why they surf them. Right. The challenge is the beauty. So make sure to subscribe, like and everything else. Big thanks and see you next week. Peace!